The stories told on I Lived Through This are told in good faith by those who experienced them. The views expressed by the survivors in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of me, the podcast, or any sponsor of the show. Some of the stories on this podcast may include triggers for some listeners, including descriptions of injuries, sexual violence, abuse, and other triggering topics. Please consider this when listening to this podcast. I'm Nicole Engelbrecht. You may know me from my other podcasts, True Crime South Africa or the Devil's Dorp Companion Podcast. Through my podcast journey in talking to survivors and the family members of victims, I discovered the life-changing power of stories. Stories told from the heart as a narrative of a human being's lived experience, are enormously impactful for both the storyteller and the listener. In my new podcast series, I Lived Through This, I bring you the stories of ordinary South Africans who faced seemingly insurmountable odds and survived to tell you the tale in their own words. From getting trapped in a destructive cult, surviving an abusive relationship, living through a natural disaster, life-changing disease, and even a fight for survival with a wild animal. Join me for these powerful tales of facing the unimaginable and fighting to be able to say, I lived through this. This is a Killer Audio Creations production. This is the second part of Bernice van Eck's story about having survived a cult. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please go do so now and then come back here. In part one, we learned about how Bernice became involved in the modern mystery school. She believed that she was on a journey of spiritual growth for the betterment of all mankind. But she soon realized that this could not be further from the truth. So going back to Maltbos, we had uh, Rita said, I must, I must organize the program in South Africa, in Cape Town here, close to the venue needed to be close to my home so that Dave could come and see me in my home so that the other people wouldn't, wouldn't know. So he came down and, uh, and uh, I got to drive him back and forth, which I, it's never happened because, you know, I wasn't, because no, nobody's allowed to know where he stays, but I organized his room and whatever. And he just said to me in the car while I was driving him between the hall where the program was and where his room was. And he just basically said to me, you know, that I love you and, you know, I'm trying to make it work. And, and uh, he was married and I felt really bad about that. But apparently Franklin knew about, about his feelings for me. So he's told me. 
And I just said, well, you know, are we going to be together again? I mean, I don't understand. And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course we will. And how would I feel about if you bought a house here? Anyway, he was basically spinning me all these stories. And I said, well, when are we going to go back and, you know, carry on doing what we were doing? I mean, I don't understand what we actually did that night. And did we successfully help and, you know, save souls? Like, and he just looked at me really strangely as if I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, okay, well, something's off here now. Maybe I'm just, you know, my heart's in the way. My feelings are in the way. And anyway, we didn't land up sleeping together again. Uh, he actually had uh, Makiotani, the high priestess, her, had her things moved into his room. Now, I was aware of this. I wasn't aware of this at the, at the time, but... Myself and, and Rita were told by Dave that we had to keep it a secret that him and I had been together, had had the sexual encounter together and that, you know, things were, you know, quite tight between us. And uh, I was standing there and Martina was there uh, and uh, Lorraine was there, Maki was there and M Martina and Maki knew. And I said to Rita, well, why, how, why did you tell them that Dave and I had been together? Said, oh, she said, everybody knows, all INT knows. You think they don't know? And I just thought, wow, all this time I had kept it a secret. I, you know, kept it to myself. I've kept myself isolated. I wrote Dave an email. I was furious about it. I said, what the hell? You know, like I, I followed everything you've told me to do. You said to me, I'm your ritual master teacher. I'll push your boundaries, but it's for your own good, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought, okay, fine. And then the next day was Egyptian temple. And Silvio, who is Rita's sidekick, he said, no, he's driving Dave and he's taking Maki's things to where his B&B is in the state. And I was like, what, what, why? And Rita said, no, don't get attached, but, you know, they have to create like a tantric energy for Temple the next day. And I was like, my heart just sank down to my toes. And I was like, what have I done? Like, what have I done? And that was quite a shock. I don't know what happened in, in the room, but I, you, one can just assume what what went on um and i did hear that that they had been having a relationship for 10 years maki and dave that's what i heard i have done a physical proof of it but just of what i was told by by rita anyway that, that really upset me and uh then i went i carried on with doing what i needed to do the next day we did temple and we were told oh, there wasn't enough passion energy that was raised so we just did a normal just a light temple and that was the end of the program I, Rita came to me and she said, well, you know, I just want you to know that Dave is actually having an affair with one of the girls in Israel and I need to call him out on it. And I was like, what? And she said, yes, you need to email him and you need to set this up, this, set this straight. So I emailed him and I climbed into him and I said to him, listen here, I've waited for you. Um, I kept myself for you. You told me we're going to be together. You told me that, you know, all this is going to happen. And for the, for the greater good, I've now, you know, I, I don't understand what's going on. Can you please explain to me, you know, how can you go off and have affairs and relationships and I can't be with anybody else. I have to keep myself for you, but then you can do it and I can't do it. It makes no sense. Like what is going on? Well, I got a quite a hectic email back. And he just climbed down my throat and literally said, goddess, you will never, ever speak to me like that. I am your ritual master teacher. This is for your own good. What I've done for you is for the benefit of your own good, for your own personal growth. And if you don't like it, leave. 
And he said, I have done more for you than you have done for me. And I was like, wow. So I got a fright and my first hurt him and I clearly hurt him and upset him. And I went straight back and I wrote back to him like an idiot. And I just went, I'm so sorry, Dave, please let's, let's Skype. Let's, let's talk about this. You know, I, I didn't mean to say that like that. And, and I caught myself doing that. And I was like, this, I know better. I, I can see what's going on. Why, why am I doing this? So I started to distance myself a little bit, a little bit by a little bit. So now after doing this email, sending this email to Dave, I thought, you know what, I just need to get myself back on track and uh, get back into my Warriors of Light, try and get my guide recertification done. For some reason, Rita then continued to fail me and saying to me, well, you're not in your heart and you're not, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And I kind of was losing, like, losing faith and hope in myself and, and just the whole bullying aspect of, of how she used to treat people. And I mean, I remember my, my first time that I had initiated three people. She was, she was then my guide. And uh, we'd set up, the, set up everything. Um, the, the people were in the room next door coming, you know, ready to be, to be initiated. And I had to do what I explained, what, what Dave uh, was, was doing through the initiations. And uh, there she was, uh, you know, one person come at a time, kneel down before me. And she was standing behind me just to make sure I wouldn't make a mistake because obviously this was my first time. Now, they don't tell you what to do. Uh, they just allow you to sit in classes and then that's how you learn. So as I was doing it, she started kneeing me in the back and then she started swearing at me and she was saying, F and do this and F and do that. And I was like, like and now I'm, I'm freaking out and shaking because now the hierarchy of light has come down into my house and I'm trying to initiate people into the light, into purity, and I'm getting need and and being mumbled and obviously the person that's kneeling in front of me is so high from the energy they can't and the music they can't hear what's being said so i'm sweating freaking out and that was my experience of teaching this besides the first experience i had with julia about all the sexual stuff in her class so all of this just did not make sense to me and then having to teach this empower thyself it, it really wasn't sitting well with my soul because we were so brainwashed to saying in the mystery school tradition, we believe in. So then I started thinking, well, it's actually not then factual because it's in the mystery school tradition and it's not King Solomon, which is 3,000 years old lineage, it's King Salomon. So why are they changing the words? So then all of the stuff started coming back to me, like, what, you know, like what's, what's going on here? So I carried on trying to push through with that. Rita then just kept failing me and Dave just said, just keep, Keep, you have to lift your sword. You have to initiate people. You've got to bring people into the school. And I was like, okay, all right. I'll just carry on going for it, going for it. And by then, you know, I'd realized I didn't know whether we were still going to see each other again or if it was over. And uh, he said, no, well, Franco wanted another baby, his wife. And, uh, you know, that was the, the whole thing. And that, you know, she was holding up all the money and he couldn't get away from her. I don't know what was true. And I don't know what was true and what wasn't true. And I don't know what I did with him in that room. I don't know what magic was created. But all I do know and what I do feel in my heart is that whatever that he wanted to achieve and Rita wanted to achieve and whoever was knew about it didn't work. It didn't work. And it definitely wasn't for saving souls. It was for some other kind of magic. So I'm very grateful to God that, that my light was strong enough to hold back whatever it was supposed to be created in that room. Now I want to go back and talk about Dave and the Ritual Master program. So during Warriors of Light, 
They give you incentives to go uh, to to carry on doing Warriors of Light. So even even if you are say a, a white belt, you can then go and do special events. And every special event, you get a badge which goes onto your gi. So we have to wear gis. So it's a pro- like a proper karate gi. So you start off wearing a black gi that you have to buy from the school, which costs at the time about three grand uh, with a white belt, which you have to pay for as well. And then it's embroidered on warriors of light. And then you, and then as you do each event, special event all over the world, you get then you get a badge and then the different color badges from all over the world, like a special event, warriors of light, Cape town or South Africa, warriors of light, Japan, Toronto, and so on and so forth. So you get all different kind of color badges and then you get to go and and uh, try out for the different belt colors exactly like karate you know if you had to go from a white belt up to yellow up to green or eventually hopefully getting to black so at one point in uh, japan i flew up there uh, to japan to do one of my belt testings and by then i was a third step ritual master so my arm was pretty full Actually, I've got one and a half arms of badges, pretty full. And, and when you're a third step ritual master, you get a red gi. And the red gi is basically, it'll say ritual ma- third step ritual master, because then you're known, known by the other ritual masters that you are the top, that you are to be respected. And by that stage, I had a yellow belt. We were, we were training and, you know, I was quite excited. And it's nerve wracking because, you know, they... They, they take you through a whole lot of practicing exercises. Some of it is a lot of fun and you laugh and you have a good time. I have to admit that was that was quite nice. But then they start testing you and then they start saying they're opening the veils and then you've got to fight the different elements of the different demons that they bring in, like earth, water, air, fire. There's all these different demons. You've got to recognize the demons. You've got to use these weapons called Sai, which is a three-pronged fork that they use for fighting. And then other, other kinds of tools and stuff. And you had to fight this energetic demon. And then at the end, Dave got upset and said, well, you know what? I didn't like the way that you performed all of you. Because it would just if, if, if one person wasn't performing, the whole group would be held accountable for it. And then he said, well, I'm not doing belt testing now. So I flew all the way to, to Japan to be told that because one person wasn't doing it right or being lazy, we all got punished. So they did that often. Goodney at one point as well also decided that he didn't feel like teaching us and he would just say, oh, take, I don't feel like teaching you today. Take screenshots on the, you know, on the slideshow. He loved to do that, that kind of stuff and put shock tactics in people. And I remember one of the, uh, one of the years going to Japan and Goodney was, was talking to all the guides. And there was a room of about, I think, over 200 guides. Or it could even be more. And uh, he was talking about what a guide was and uh, how they were going to change the format of being a guide. And, uh, you know, the Japanese are very innocent and very sweet uh, people, very kind people, very generous people. And uh, South Africans, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're all about passion and, and uh, you know, and go, get, going out there. And we're actually born warriors. We really are. And uh, he just decided then to put pornography onto the screen. And everybody, all the Japanese people were like, and I'm not just talking like pornography. I'm talking like orgies, like literally three or four people. And you can see everything in every position, man on man, girl, man, foursomes. It was just like doing everything under the sun. I'm not going to mention it, but sexual activity, like, like a porno. 
And these Japanese were so horrified and mortified that they wanted to leave the room. And Gunny went, oh, no, 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 no. He just says, he says, no, we must. And he always spoke about sex. And then he said, I had sex with David Bowie. And, you know, it's okay to be by and sleep with each other. And then they started encourage, encouraging us to have sex with each other. And it's good to have sex with, you know, you know, the people in the school because then you create this, this kind of passion flow and light in the school because it's all about sex magic. And uh, he was very good. He was very into that. He promoted that a lot. David also at times had said that, you know, he encourages people to sleep together and have sex together to raise the energies for temples and, and for work that we needed to do on the planet. So that was encouraged a lot. So after about an hour of these Japanese wanting to walk out of the room and not become guides, Goodney managed to calm them down because he also has a way of being very charming and because he's almost like the, 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 the showcase. He's like the, I drive a Maserati and I, you know, I'm in the movie industry, which has only done like three movies, which is not even like no one's ever heard of, but he's always on the red carpet, always talking about Hollywood so he's basically like the, the show face and he's saying like, oh, I'm a DJ and I'm a this and I'm a that. But Dave is the mastermind and Adetto are the masterminds behind the scene. So he's like the show front and Dave and Adetto is the behind the scenes. So that was that. And then they managed to calm everybody down. There was a new system that went into this whole guide, guide training. And um, I started noticing more and more that Dave was becoming increasingly distant to me, not responding to my messages, my WhatsApps, but I wasn't, you know, he was still my teacher. So I, I literally would not harass him on WhatsApp. I just had to report to him to say what was happening in temple, were the people doing their, with other ritual masters doing their job properly. So it felt like I was a snitch and I didn't like that feeling at all, but he was playing me completely like a puppet. And still I wasn't allowed to tell him that I was going anywhere. And I'd heard all these stories that he was having affairs with this one and that one. And this was coming from Rita, of course. And people were asking me, they were approaching me, they were saying, are you having sex with Dave? Because it was so obvious, our connection. It was, it was like, I mean, you could spot it a mile away that there was something that happened in this amazing connection that we had between us. Well, what I thought at the time. So then in, in 2016, I was like, you know what? I can't handle the fact that now I haven't been with, with Dave now for like over a year and a half. And I thought, well, this is crazy. This is never going to happen. You know, I've been groomed. I've had nobody in my life and I haven't had a holiday. So Bernice is starting to get a little annoyed and she decides she's going on holiday to the UK. Of course, without telling any of the people she's previously had to answer to. But the school and its leaders are not ready to let go of Bernice just yet. I got on the plane and off I went to the UK for two weeks, had an amazing holiday. And then I posted it on social media and I got hell. You get on a plane right now and you get back to South Africa. You have no idea what you're doing over there. You are going to cause this and that and whatever, all my energy does not belong over there right now. There, you know, Brexit is going to happen and this and this and this and this. And then Martina sent me a message, get to London immediately because she's in London. And I was like, no, I am staying here for my two week holiday. No one has control over me anymore. That's it. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. 
I'm not, I have not had any more contact in any intimate form, any sexual form again. Only this hooked in all the time. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And nothing happened. So A, I was, I couldn't see a future anymore between Dave and myself because it was just, it was just nothing. Everything became blurry. And B, I realized that I wasn't there to save souls. I was like, okay, this is just, this is just like, wow. Like, well, what the hell? Anyway, I came back to South Africa and, uh, he was just, he was so off to me. He was so nasty to me. And we went to the, there was a program in Johannesburg, June, July program. And I was always the ritual master because he trusted me the most to stand behind him uh, for initiation. So the first step ritual masters kind of stand around uh, the, the edges of the walls. And then the third step is stand around him where the people kneel down to be initiated. And the format is the same as the guide format where you put the candles down, the six candles, and then the, the sword and the, the, the money, the money <laughs> bowl. Don't let's not forget about the money. You have to have the money in cash that you got to put down when you kneel down. And I was stand at his back. And the person who stood at Dave's back was 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 a great honor because you are you are he's given you permission to protect you from the outside forces of evil. So when I arrived there. Rita was furious with me. She was just like, she was nasty, but, but I was feeling all this evil stuff started happening to me before I got there. So I don't know what they were doing to me. Uh, I kind of felt like, like, like I could feel in the astral because Dave and I would caught it because we would had sex together. I could feel this pull all the time and I could feel some horrible stuff that was happening. And then I started having these visions and when I started trying to speak to him about it, he was like, delete the email. Don't talk about it. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But I need to talk about it because I need to know what's going on. So I put aside my feelings, but I was focusing. And then I started seeing red flags. And I arrived at Rita's, um, the Modern Mystery School headquarters uh, in, in Johannesburg, which, which, which Rita was, was running. And I was there and I was doing my, my normal gridding. Now, the gridding is basically to keep out evil, which you use sacred geometry. So, you know, just to grid the place. And, of course, we had to, like, clean the floor and all that kind of stuff ourselves. And let there not be a crumb or a, or a crease on the, on the table. We had to iron the tablecloth and everything. Go run around getting, getting coffees and Starbucks and milkshakes and whatever Dave wanted and the team that he brought with him. So we had to treat them like, like royalty, exactly like royalty. And I was in there and I was doing my grinning and she came up to me and she said to me, what are you doing Yeah, And I said, I'm a third separate master. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing grinning. She said, you get out of here and you go back to your room where you were staying and you stay there until I tell you, you can come back. And I was like, whoa, what, what, what is going on here? So she said to me, you haven't paid for your, for your guide uh, certi recertification, which was happening at that program. So I said, well, my friend from Israel owed me money and she was going to transfer it directly to you. And she said, no, I'm not accepting it. So, of course, I missed Dave's class because I was told to go sit in the room and not come back. And then eventually she called me back and she said, you must come back. So I came. And that's how she used to speak to me, like, like I was a piece of dirt, like really, like I was rubbish. She was a, Rita is one of the biggest bullies I've ever met in my life. Anyway, so I came back and... Um, Dave then said to me, why were you, Bernice, because that's been goddess, before that, all the messages, goddess, I miss you, you look so beautiful, love and licks, I mean, what teacher ends off a conversation to you, love and licks, I mean, that is just like, you don't speak to a student like that, so that is the kind of stuff that he was kind of saying to me, 
I saw your, your pictures on, on Facebook and you look beautiful and I miss you so much, goddess. I can't wait to see you. feels like forever. That is the kind of stuff he was saying to me over emails and over WhatsApp messages. So, you know, you don't talk to your students like that if you don't have a connection with them. Well, so I thought. So anyway, I got scolded by Dave and I said to him, well, Rita told me to go and sit in my room. And he said, well, I didn't give permission for that. Anyway, so it came to the, the after that, we had uh, guide, our guide class. And uh, there were only about, I don't know, about 10 of us in the class. And Rita said to me, you're not coming inside. And she said this in front of everybody. So I was like, okay, why not? She said, no, because the, the, your, your money isn't in yet. I said, but Miriam has emailed you and told you that she's transferring the money, my friend from Israel, and that she owes me, and you know it's coming your way, so what's the problem? No. So she went on purposefully wanted to belittle me and humiliate me. Now, understand when you're a third-step ritual master and a, a guide in training, you're at, at a high level, okay, and you've done Healers Academy, so you're at a high level. You are all these other people that are just coming into Healers Academy and that are just starting their ritual master program, and they're seeing a third step and a guide being humiliated and abused and being treated like a fool after everything that I've been through in this school and after everything that I put myself through to the, be the best. And Dave said to me, no matter what happens, even if you've got money or if any, anything's wrong with you, you just show up for a program. You just show up. You keep doing the light work, which I did. I showed up. Even though I was angry with him and I'd just been to, to the UK, I showed up. I showed up. I was there. Anyway, eventually I was let in. And uh, Dave literally spent 40 minutes screaming at us. None of you have reached your quotas as guides. I am disgusted in you. You are not of the light. You are not flowing the light. You have not brought people into the school. You have not got your quotas. And some of them had, and there were, I think, three or four of us which hadn't got our quotas. And our quotas had to be like 10 people or something. But I had already tried to get this... 1,500 people in. So my focus was on that, not get like three people in here, four people in there. And it was really difficult because Rita kept failing me. And I just had this horrible feeling inside of me that every time I tried to teach it and do it, I just, like everything was closed up because it didn't feel right. It just felt like I was teaching fake information or information that wasn't real. Or, you know, it just felt wrong. And uh, he said, right now, because you have disobeyed the hierarchy of light and you have not been of service, you will be punished. And we had to go upstairs, the room upstairs, and we had to stand there from 8 o'clock in the evening until 12 o'clock at night, and we had to do a ritual called uh, the nail. It was the, the, the nail and the cross. So we had to stand like as if we were Jesus Christ that was nailed to the cross and repent for our sins for not bringing in people into the modern mystery school. So I was brought up Catholic. And I felt so guilty. This guilt came over me. The others, the others, they didn't feel anything. I felt this guilt come over me to say that I've got my heart involved. Why did I do that? That I literally spend most of the time crying on the floor. Crying. Why have I done this? Why have I disobeyed Jesus Christ? Why have I done this? This is terrible. How could I have done this? And I had to keep standing up and holding, like literally standing like that for hours, holding like, you know, your arms up to the sides, pretending you've been nailed to the cross and how Jesus felt. It's quite a powerful punishment. 
And then eventually at about 12 o'clock, Rita came down and said, came up and said, Dave said, you can all go home and rest. He'll see you tomorrow. So that was that, quite harsh punishment. And then I was like, then I started to question even more. Why? Why were we punished for not bringing people into a pyramid scheme in the modern mystery school? Like, why? Is this a money-making thing? What is going on here? So all the red flags after all of the years started then coming back and saying, oh, but I remember this, and I remember questioning that, I remember questioning that, and it came like a tsunami flooding in. And this is often how the extrication from a cult like this occurs. For many, it's not a single blindsiding moment of realization. It is small awakenings. Often those doubts are pushed down because the cult has already prepared you for these doubts. Doubts, according to the cult, are you being drawn away from the light. Or it's your ego. These people know that you're going to question at some point. So they make it a spiritual failure to do so. Many people are unable to deprogram themselves from a cult's conditioning. It may take outside influence for them to come to the realization that they've been duped. But for Bernice, the awakenings are coming thick and fast. And it's just a matter of time before she takes back her life. The following day, I was talking to one of the other third step ritual masters and there were some first steppers around and we were laughing and we were joking around. And I, I mentioned uh, something off the cuff. It was just like literally making a joke. And I said, yeah, no, the devil's here. We have to do more work. And it was just, it was just said, said in jest, like just as a joke. Anyway, this third step ritual master who was very jealous of my relationship with Dave went and told Rita and Rita told Dave that I called him the devil in front of the first step ritual masters. So I got called in to see him with Rita. And he said to me, I believe you called me the devil. I said, it was said in jest. I didn't call you the devil. And he, he said to me, I have disappointed him. And not only that, have I not brought people into the school to be initiated into the system of the 3000 year old King Salomon lineage. I am not doing God's work. I am doing the work of the devil. I, and I said, I, stop, I stopped him right there. And I said, you know what? I want out. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm really, I'm done. Strip me. Strip me right now. Strip me. And, he, and then he got a fright and he was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. And I said, you didn't even see, respond to my email. He said, what email? I said, I saw everything that went on in the astral. Now the astral plane is above your head where it's in dream time. And, and, if you if you are aware and you're and you have and you are able to have that gift like I have and you caught it to somebody that you've had sex with, you can see exactly what they're doing and what they're up to, and that's another thing that they do. They spy on you. So when you get initiated, you get hooked in, and they can come in and spy on you, which is black magic. No one is allowed to come and spy on you while you sleep. That is not of the light. So I said I keep seeing things that you're doing, and and it's it's just like it's freaking me out. He said, delete that email and forget about it again. So I was like, okay. And then he said, just, just do this initiation for these new RMs that come in and then the rest of the program. And then we can discuss it afterwards if you still want to leave. So I said, okay, fine. So I left and he knew, he knew I was being really serious. I was, I was not at that point. I was absolutely like, I've had enough. 
Anyway, so it came to the to the initiation, and I went to walk behind him and tell and stand behind him for the first step ritual masters to come in. And he said, No, 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 you don't stand behind me anymore. You go to the door. And you stand at the door as if the first stepper would, and that's where you stand. Now I understand all the all, and I'm in my red gi. So I look like a right idiot standing there, again humiliating me and making everybody show everybody that I that I was now ostracized, that I was now working for the dark side, you could say in inverted commas. So I felt humiliated. I felt disgusted. I felt sick to my stomach. I've never been humiliated like that and embarrassed in all my life. Now, all everybody else looking at me thinking, well, you know, Benice was, you know, the, you know, I used to take people around and do in an area gridding and I was an Enochian high priestess and this and this and this and you know, everybody spoke so highly of me and now I was just this like, normal person standing at the door amongst all these other people dressed in their black geese and yes, this, I've got like badges from my shoulder all the way down my arms that have been to all these countries all over the world and done all this work with my yellow belt and my red geese. So anyway, there I stood, I did that, swallowed my pride, my, swallowed my, he said to me, don't get in your ego, it's an ego thing. I was like, okay, right, meanwhile, it's like, even talking now, my heart, it like, feels like I've, I've been punched through my heart, knowing that I was involved in this evil and I just, 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 I tried to, you know, push through, push through, push through. So at the end of that, and it came to the last day, he called me in and he said, right, um, have you made your decision? I said, I really don't care if you strip me. I'm sick and tired of you threatening to strip me of my ritual master status. I'm sick and tired of you, talk, you know, saying to me, you're going to strip me as a guide. I put all this money in. I've taken all of these loans. Yes, he has helped me out. You, he gave me money. He helped me. He gave me stuff for free because there was an agenda behind it. And uh, he said to me, right, I'll make you the final offer. He said, if you can get to Japan at the end of that, that year, 2016, if you can get to Japan, I will not st strip you of your third step ritual master status. Now he knew that I didn't care about the guide status and the healing status. I was concerned about the ritual master status because I wanted to fight evil. That was my passion. That was my passion was to fight evil. I mean, I would walk the red carpet and I would be in this beautiful ball gown and I'd have this lovely clutch bag. And in my clutch bag was my athami, which is like a, like a dagger to suck up evil uh, my cross, you know, my, my rosary, my holy water, my holy oil, in case I had to go and, you know, take out a demon or close a gate, a portal between the two worlds. And I was prepared. So no one really knew. Yeah, I'm walking the red carpet with all these, this massive, beautiful ball gown, people taking photographs of me where all the other girls have got lipsticks and, and makeup. And yeah, I'm the exorcist Barbie walking down the red carpet. So, you know, if people only knew what I really had in my bag, oh, and I had a stole as well, which is a stole, which is like the Catholic priests use for exorcisms. So I had one of those in my, in my bag as well for, for protection. So anyway, so he said, well, I'm not going to strip you if you can get to Japan. Now, he knew full well that I absolutely no more money. I could not get another loan at all to get to Japan. I needed another 100,000 rand. And I, I just, uh, I didn't know how I was going to do it. So Rita said, one of the other guides are going to be teaching and, and empower that self-class and I must come and sit in and just keep going so that I can finally get, you know, certified as a, as a guide. So I was walking around the shopping mall 
And this has all been, div- I was divinely guided through this whole process. And I didn't realize it until I got out of it, that everything was orchestrated for me to see exactly what I needed to see and how it all happened. And I was walking around the shopping mall and I met this girl and she said, yeah, you've got the most amazing energy and you're so happy. What do you do? So I said, well, I'm in the modern mystery school. I do the life activation. And she said, well, can I come and see you? So I said, sure, no problem. She came to see me. I did the, the life activation. We sat and we chatted and we laughed and you know, I'm a naturally bubbly person. That's who I am. And uh, I just said to her, you know what? I just, uh, I'm trying to manifest a hundred thousand rand. She says, oh, I can help you. Boom. 24 hours later, I had a loan for a hundred thousand rand. So it was like, like the universe was just saying, okay, now, well, you need to go. I mean, I wasn't blacklisted or anything. I was just in serious debt, you know? Um, So off I went to Japan and when I arrived there, Jay was like, wow, okay, I don't know how you did it and how you got here, but sure, this, okay, whatever. So I said, yeah, you told me that I'm a up no matter what, and here I am. And by that stage, there was nothing between us. I felt nothing and I could clearly see he was, he had moved on. I don't know who he was with or what he was doing or how many people he had sex with, I have no idea. But you, I could see very clearly he was not, he was not in the same energy uh, towards me and uh, you know even after after one of the classes he would come up to me and said hug me and say oh you look so sexy goddess so nice to see you so his whole tone had changed towards me that I was just this kind of now just one of the many that you know it's like he got what he wanted he tried for years to get me and when he finally got me it was like I was just cast aside so I was really looking forward to this training with Goodney because this was the Goethean training. And that was what I really want. The last piece of being a third step ritual master was to do this training because that's when you do the big work, you go and close these big gates all over the world and you stop all the darkness from coming in on the planets. And Goodney was in a mood and he was like, you know what? I don't feel like teaching you take pictures. And we were like, what? This is supposed to be one of the most powerful rituals that's ever been handed down in the school. So he told us. And every time it's a different, it's a different story. So then we had to sit. I just paid 100,000 Rand, 100,000 Rand out loan to fly all the way to Japan to take pictures on a screen. And he'd missed out certain gaps of the, of the ritual. Dave then was like, he wasn't the same. I felt very different. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm, I went back to Cape Town. And I was like, something is off. And I started doing my research and I started looking into Alistair Crowley's teachings. And uh, he was one of the most evil men on the planet besides Hitler. And he was all into sex magic. And I could notice that some of the stuff, because we were told, don't look on the internet, don't research the internet, it's all polluted. Meanwhile, all of the stuff, 99% of the stuff that we've been handed down or had to buy is all on the internet from all the different schools. And they just slap their copyrights on, 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 on it. So heaven only knows, and I've asked God for forgiveness, and I've repented of what we were actually wielding and bringing in. And it was certainly not of the light. So anyway, after researching and doing my research and stuff, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it one more chance. And I said to Rita, right, I'm going to book guide. This is the final time I'm going to do it in January of 2017. And I'm going to try one more time because I do believe in my heart that I've got to give it this last time, this last time. So she said, you have to rewrite your manual. So I said, okay, fine. So I've written, I already rewrote my manual, which they, they make you do in your own writing, but you can't change the wording, which is kind of weird. 
So I rewrote it beautifully and it was, the energy was nice and I was really ready and I booked it. And then about two days later, I saw that she had been putting together classes in Johannesburg, sacred geometry classes and all kinds of other classes that were at the same weekend as she was going to fly down for my Empower Thyself class. So I thought, no, I've just spoken to Goodney and Goodney had said in, in Japan that if we had, you know, any problems, we must contact him and then, you know, he'll help us on our path being a guide. So I wrote to Goodney and I said, listen, this is what's happened. I can't get forward. It's been years now since I was made a guide. I still can't, you know, a, not apprenticeship guide, but a guide in training. And, and I'm still not getting anywhere. And I've now, I've now made the final attempt. And he said to me, well, I don't know your path of progression. You need to speak to Dave Lanyon. I hope you get this sorted out. And I was like, what? You just told us in Japan that we must reach out to you so that you can help us to get certified. So he takes no responsibility for anything that, the, that, that he ever says. So I then went to Dave and I said, Dave, listen here. I'm going to, can I, can I go to, to Julia? And I told him what had happened with Rita. I said, can I go to Julia? And I mean, Julia and I, by then, she was also very jealous of my, they could see that, that, that there was something going on between Dave and I prior to that. And I just said, you know what, I'll even do uh, that with, you know, do my, my, my recertification um, with Julia. And he said, sure, no problem. So, of course, he emailed Rita and Rita emailed me and she came down like a ton of bricks. She says, I run South Africa and don't think that you will be passed because I will make sure that you fail. If you go through, through Julia, I will make sure that you fail and you will never become certified. And I was like, oh, my word, this is ridiculous. So I went to Julia and Julia had accepted. And she said to me, well, honestly, and this is her tone of voice, like, honestly, I don't like it when people write on a pad. Please, can you do it on digital format? And that was for me. I was like, how many blocks could I just, how many walls, should I say, could I just go against? I mean, it was literally, they were stopping me on every single corner. And I eventually wrote to Maki and I said, I'm trying my hardest here, knowing that Maki and Dave have been having an affair for, as we just said, 10 years. And that she'd slept with him, I'm assuming, uh, you know, here in Cape Town at Melfos when I was supposed to be with him. I even went back to her, swallowed my pride and said, can you help me? And she said, INT don't trust you. And I was thinking, well, why don't they trust me? Like, what the hell? Like, do, am I like really now? Do they think I'm this demon monster because I haven't brought people into the school? I don't understand. I went against Dave's will because I decided to go away for two weeks and not tell him. I mean, this is just crazy behavior. Isn't it interesting how as soon as Bernice starts to act out against the established norms, despite her having handed hundreds of thousands of rands over to the school, Despite her having had a sexual interaction with a leader in the group, based on a false story she was fed, now all of a sudden, she is not worthy of trust. I think that the group can clearly see that Bernice is on her way out, and they are already preparing to create the narrative with the rest of the group that she was not of the light, and that's why she's no longer in the group. So then there was a program in uh, February of 2017, another Warriors of Light program, and Dave had decided that he's not coming back to South Africa again because there were only a few ritual masters left. So I thought, well, I'm going to attend this. And Peter Lasanzo, who's also one of the, the 
ritual master, what, well, what warriors of light trainers that works under Dave. They call him Sensei, Sensei Peter Lissando. And uh, Dave said to me that he, the only reason why he ever came to South Africa, because we never had large numbers of people here in the classes, was because of me. And because of what had happened between the June-July program and me going to London, he said, I'm not coming back to South Africa again. And he said, Peter, so I did the program, the Warriors of Life program. Again, we wanted to be tested for, 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 for our belts. And Dave denied us again uh, being tested for our belts. And then I went off to Israel, got Dave's permission. He said, I can go. Because I said, I need to go to Israel to do work so that I can pay for this program. He said, no problem. And then after that, I came back, went off to Australia to visit a friend of mine, didn't tell him. And I made a decision that I needed to get out of the school. And I, it was so evil and so dark what I was seeing. And we received an email from Dave to say that it's Goodney Goodnesson's birthday in June, July of that year. And that every single ritual master and every single person that is in the mystery school needs to attend. It's compulsory. And if you do not attend his birthday party, which we had to pay for, let me tell you, fly to Toronto and then still pay for to attend his birthday party. I mean, if that's not cult elitist, then I don't know. And if we did not attend, we will be stripped of all our ritual master status, our guide status, and he would take us straight down to just a life activation practitioner. So all these years that I was in the school or anybody that was in the school had this looming over their heads. Now, A, I could not find another single cent, another loan to get another 100,000 rand to fly to Toronto to celebrate Goodney's birthday after having given me no support whatsoever, not helping me at all on my path in the school and just brushing it off and not even caring about his students. All he cares about is his pocket and his fancy clothing that his wife makes for him and his dandy car. So I waited and I knew that it was this whole thing was a chess game. And because I was, I was working so close with Dave, I could see how this game of chess was working itself out. So I always had to be one step ahead of it. So I knew that the, the program was like three weeks long. And I knew that, that once they start the programs, because I've done it for many years, it's very difficult because I mean, you work during the day into the night. You really don't have time. And when they do have time, then they have meetings, the, the, the INT teachers. So I waited until the program had started and I emailed Dave and I said, I'm sorry, but I actually cannot make it. I have no money and I, I cannot take out another loan. And this, this was gospel. This was the, the truth. But I knew this was the only way for me to get out. Because if I'd emailed him before, he would like try and persuade me and say, oh, well, I'll lend you the money and da, 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 da. I was like, no. No, 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 no. This is not a school of the light. I want out. I want out. That was it. I was done. Absolutely done. I couldn't hit my head any harder if I tried. And then after the program, I got an email from him and he CC'd Goodney and her debtor in and he just climbed into me. He called me sister. Before it was goddess and all this kind of fluffy stuff. Now it's sister. You have not been of service to the light. You have not brought people into the school. You have been a disgrace as a guide. Anyway, he climbed into me 
And then he said to me, I am stripping you of your third step ritual master status, taking you down to 2.5. And I am stripping you of your guide initiation. And I'm stripping you of your healers to teach the, the second healers academy that I, that I had, that I was doing the full spirit activation, taking me only down to a life activation practitioner. And then he said to me at the end, he said, but you have seven days to repent, but you can always redo your initiations. Now I thought to myself, wow, how can you, and then it clicked, how can you be doing something, an initiation, which is an, an experience, and then take that experience away from somebody? You cannot take an experience that you've experienced away from somebody. But people, and there are a lot of people that I know, were in such fear that they actually went back and they said, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they gave them, him permission to strip them and to take away their titles and initiations. And for me, I saw this clearly and I affirmed out aloud. I didn't respond to the email. I affirmed out aloud, you have no right and no one has no right to take anything away from me. No initiation, no experience, nothing. You are not God. You are not authoritarian over me. You do not own my life. My life is my own. So I went straight onto social media and I blocked every single one of them on Facebook. I blocked them on WhatsApp, except one or two, which I thought were my friends. And I just disappeared. And then I started my healing process. So Bernice basically goes radio silent on the group. She hears through the grapevine that some of the members who were stripped of all their achievements have actually already started to redo those trainings. The three days in Japan on the mountain, some people went back there. Then, in 2017, American Harvey Weinstein was accused of various instances of sexual abuse and harassment, and the Me Too movement was born in which survivors of sexual abuse and harassment posted their experiences on social media with the hashtag MeToo to expose the extent of this kind of abuse. And this is when Bernice saw a friend's blog. And I saw there was a friend of mine that was also in the mystery school who, who wrote a blog. I'm not going to mention her name because she wants to be left out of, out of it. But um, this person actually uh, posted on a blog site and I shared it. And it was exactly what was happening in the school, but they left out the part about the sex. And I just added in that I was told to have sex with my ritual master teacher. And this was in 2018 and I didn't share the names, but I just, I just shared the blog because everything was in the blog. So later that year, I got smacked with a lawyer's letter. I'd come up with, uh, with some, some of my own healing modalities. And the one was called uh, the Moses Code Awakening. And I got this from a spinal injury, which I had in, uh, in 2006. I had an accident and I kind of you know, healed my, oh, my, my, my spine through meditation and stuff. So the Moses Code works with, with the spine and, and, and all kinds of things. I don't want to get too much involved with that. But basically the healing modality that, that I'd already experienced prior to like, you know, just joining the school I'd learned how to heal myself. And that is the tool that I started putting together and making up these healing modalities and realizing that's not the healing modality that is helping the people. It's me that's helping the people through my experience. 
So if you go to say a person who is a counselor or a coach and they haven't had the experience you've experienced, they're not going to be able to help you. But if you've had the experience like myself, who's who've had a very, very, very rough life, but a good one, but hard, it was hard. My life was hard. It wasn't easy. But through my experiences, I can help people. So when people say to me, oh, you know what? I used to be a ballerina and I was anorexic and, you know, I'm still looking in the mirror and I hate myself. I said, I can relate. I was borderline anorexic myself. I was a ballerina for many years. So I'm just using that as an example of, of how I started to help people that way. So they sent me this lawyer's letter and in the lawyer's letter it said that I stole the Moses Code healing modality from them and that I'm speaking bad about them on social media and they're going to come after me and da, 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 blah, blah. They went on this whole thing trying to cause fear and to put me into submission. And I've actually, by that stage, a lot of uh, people had tried to reach out to me and they told me about other sexual activity that was going on, which I took screenshots of everything and I kept everything. I then sent this letter to my lawyer and, uh, you know, he then wrote back to them and said, right, let's bring it on. Let's go for it. Let's go to court. We've got all the evidence of all of this. And, uh, of course, nothing ever happened from then. And uh, some of the other students that I spoke to uh, said that they, this is what they do. This is their modus operandi. They actually, you know, threaten people and then they do nothing about it. In some instances, I did hear whether it's true or not, they've paid people to be quiet. So they, they disappeared into, into nothingness. Uh, so I still was, um, I did get a threatening message from Rita. She kind of eye clouded me, which was quite funny. She first tried to call me. And as soon as the phone rang and I picked it up, I could feel her energy on the, side, on, on the other end of the phone. I put it straight down because I knew exactly who she was. It came out, anon it came, came out anonymous, the call. And uh, then she, she I clouded a message to me and she just said, you have no idea what you're doing. This is this has all been for your own good. And she basically threatened me. So I just deleted, well, I didn't delete that. I, I saved it, screenshot it, but I just cut that energy like, immediately in its tracks. And then towards the end of 2019, now by this stage, my life had literally just turned around. I had my power back. Oh gosh, I was... In magazines, I was I was nominated uh, in the in the Women's Independent magazine as one of the top entrepreneurs in South Africa that was changing the status quo. Um, I was on stage with Michael Bloomberg as an ambassador for South Africa on that same stage at the convention center that was for one thousand five hundred people, and and the event was called Empower as in empower, instead of empower thyself, it was empower. I mean, what are the chances of that with 1,500 delegates sitting in front of us, shining our light from here to the rest of the world with Bloomberg, Bloomberg Philanthropies? So all of this stuff just started coming at me, like all this hard work that, I, that, I, that I've done, that I've tried to do for the light and for the purpose of humanity came to me like a tsunami. I was asked to speak for women's events. I had my own radio, two radio shows, I dined with Prince Harry and his Royal, and his Royal Highness Princesa of Lesotho. It was just insane what was going on in my life. It was I was made brand ambassador for all kinds of, of different companies and, and, for, and for different initiatives. And I was working with uh, Safe House for the last eight, eight years that, uh, you know, have abused uh, children that have been human trafficked. So I became ambassador against rape and abuse in, in South Africa, or well, one of the ambassadors. So 
you know, the, all this kind of stuff that was that started to just come out at me uh, was 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 pretty hectic. But but good, but good stuff. It was like it was like an eye opener for me. Great things are happening in Bernice's life. She's left the school behind and she's living a far healthier life, both physically and emotionally. But she still feels the need to tell her story. And when she does, it will become clear that the school is not finished with her. She's approached by a journalist called Mark Wilding to tell her story in an article for Vice Media. They work on the article for 18 months. I've read the article. In fact, it's what made me aware of Bernice's story. It is comprehensive, well-researched and well-written. I'll link it in the show notes. But Bernice will discover that telling her story is not going to be as easy as that. I've seen it many times when I interview survivors or their families on True Crime South Africa. Telling the story, even if the survivor has done a lot of emotional work, is hard. It's rehashing and reliving everything, every single time they tell the story. 18 months of my life, and I had to re-go through every single thing, every single email, every single trauma, every single, all the sexual stuff, everything. I had to rehash, rehash, rehash. And I literally felt like I was in a roller coaster. One minute I was on the, on the ground, the next minute I was up in the stars. And I was on the ground and then I was up in the stars. And it was just constant, constant fear of like, you know, I'm going to ruin lives here because if I speak out, this is a global article. This is not just an article that's going in some local newspaper. This is, this is going globally. And New York was also involved. America also wanted this out. So I had to really dig deep and I didn't want to hurt my friends that were in the school, but then I had to look at it and think, you know what? They aren't my friends. They never were my friends. They knew what happened to me and they're still guides and teaching in the school, knowing that the sexual stuff goes on and they deny it and they still carried on denying it. So I had to then make a decision and say, well, you know what? There are casualties in war and those that know that they are doing wrong and they continue in this it's their karma. You know, I, I, I'm looking at a bigger picture here. I've got more people to help. I've got more people to raise awareness. I've got to tell my story. As an ambassador, I have, I have felt it was my moral obligation to speak out, to be the voice for the voiceless, to speak my truth. And it, it's been a tough journey. It's been extreme, but it's also an extremely powerful one. And this, this article is, is basically was, was, was a platform for others to come forward um, who were also sexually abused, raped, uh, and then, you know, them trying to mend their lives with their families and friends. And, and most of them are still in huge debt trying to get out of that. So I literally opened up Pandora's box when this whole thing came out. And, uh, you know, I just hopefully that someone will, whoever's listening to this, will start to investigate this, investigate the school for their crimes and, and that they be held accountable for all the lives that they have destroyed and for all their devious deeds. And uh, as I mentioned before, all the, all the leaders knew about this sexual encounter. And, you know, after they read the article, in, which came out in, in May 2020, of the Council of 12, they went on, and these are all the diviners, in inverted commas, supposed to be light workers and empowering, all about empowering women. They went on a social media frenzy, like literally a frenzy, defaming my name, writing all sorts of horrific lies about me in defense to protect Dave and Goodney, 
I mean, they even posted a picture of me with devil horns on my head. And they call themselves a school of light? <laughs> I don't think so. So people have forgotten how to be in integrity and to be honest with one another in a sincere manner. So if you lie, which they did on all social media platforms, lying about me, calling me all of these names, saying all these things about me, um, and this went on for months, and not just like one page. I mean, they wrote blogs, and then they got their students to write blogs and share blogs, and this went on and on and on. But it didn't. I expected this kind of backlash from them because that's that's how they are. That's 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 when you are evil and you try and defend yourself. So if you lie and you are deceitful, the universe has a unique way of always revealing the truth back to you. And there's a saying: what you give out comes back. If you want to be trusted, one has to be honest. The people that are in this cult are living in a way that people's opinion supposedly weighs more than the actual truth. So if hateful speech that they did towards me on social media is a form of what I feel witchcraft. It's a seduction, a manipulation, and mind control. And these people are so spellbound about what other people think of them and the structure of any cult uses opinions as a means of control. So no matter if you tell the truth, these people use their opinions as a weapon against you. It's a weapon of evil to manipulate and seduce their obedient followers. And this is very clear by the way that they've posted. And this is the biggest evil I've ever witnessed in my life. These cult leaders have brainwashed the, these members into altering their truths by the opinions of the leaders. If you can dismiss your truth and alter your mind to their opinion, that serves demons, not God. And I have had first, I've been lucky enough to have had the hand of God over me through this entire experience as I have spoken my truth with integrity. And I, as I mentioned before, I expected ne negative comments towards me. And some of these cult members know absolutely nothing about me. Nothing. I've never even known half these people that posted about me. Yet the opinions of the leaders have manipulated and brainwashed them into believing that I am not telling the truth. So I don't care what these people think of me. I know in my heart and in my soul that I'm doing God's work and that is exposing this cult for the evil that they are. And giving yourself a made-up title doesn't make you God. And just remember, you cannot serve two masters. It's not possible. So I'm going to put a question to those of you that are in a cult or in this cult. Ask yourself, who are you truly serving? And they're definitely not serving God in my personal experience. Being enamored, controlled by what people think of you is being under the influence of mind control under a demonic spirit of your own invocation. And whatever these people say has absolutely no power in my life. Absolutely none whatsoever. And this is why I can stand up and speak my truth without wavering or being manipulated like they're trying to do by their fear-mongering and abusive behavior. And when you listen to these people's opinions, you are no longer free, but become a slave in their pyramid scheme of lies and deceit. And I refuse to be a slave to the opinions and lies told by these cult members. And your character will always outweigh any lie told about you. And I firmly believe those who know me, know me. 
Don't explain your philosophy. Embody it. Know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. And the best way to see how evil is, characterize people by their actions and you will never be fooled by their words. By all the stuff that they did on social media, they didn't even realize that they actually broke the poppy act. And failure to comply with the act will result in a hefty fine of up to 10 million rand or even jail time. And this is another crime that needs to be investigated. And there's a saying, the lies are always loud, the truth is always quiet, this I promise you. So all this time, posting all of that stuff about me, they were trying to bait me. And I just, because I blocked them, I had people sending me screenshots of what they were saying, so I knew what was going on. And I just kept quiet because I knew that I was telling the truth. And the more I kept quiet, the more I fueled their fire and the more they came at me with anger and hatred. Now, this is a school of light, inverted commas. Today, Bernice is the strong, phenomenal woman she was always meant to be. Speaking to her, she simply exudes strength. And in working through her trauma, she's discovered the good that can come from sharing her story. Going through all of this, I do believe deep inside my soul that God put me through this experience to help me raise awareness and to assist those who need help and counseling from leaving a cult, not only a cult, a religious group, an abusive relationship, um, anything that, that, that stops you from, from moving forward and walking your own path of self-progression. And I have grown so much as a human being, as a healer, and have now a global personal coach, and I'm helping people all over the world to assist them in their healing processes. And when you live your life with truth and integrity, the light and God will always win. The darkness has no power over you. When I left this cult, I got my power back. My free will, my inner light, and my connection to God and Jesus Christ became more powerful than ever before. It was, it was tainted while I was in the school. And because of the evil teachings that, that they were actually just putting together and making up, I mean, heaven only knows what kind of evil that they're actually wielding in the school by doing all these rituals. And by doing and leaving and coming to terms with all of this and through doing this article and seeing people coming forward with some horrific stories, my light just ignited inside of me. I can't even explain it. It was like I found my light to assist others and heal through my own personal experience. And I did it on my own. I didn't need to go and study. I did it on my own. It came, I did it on my own. My experience, my life just like exploded inside of me. It was like, this is who I am. And anybody out there, do not be afraid to stop and step away from any abusive situation. The devil will not take your soul. Your life will not fall apart. There are people who can help you. And if any of you want to reach out to me, you can get hold of me on Facebook under Benice Van Eck, And I can help you. And listen, guys, I'm a human being just like all of you. And if I can do it and walk away and get my life back, so can all of you. Only you have the power which is inside of you. So break free. Step away. You are not alone. One's own innate pure essence is the true guru.
When I covered the Electus Per Dias cult-like criminal organization in the Devil's Dorp podcast, I learned so much about cults. I think the most important thing I learned is that anyone can fall victim to a cult. Bernice was and is an intelligent, successful, beautiful woman. She does not suffer fools gladly. And she is exactly the type of person these cult-like and pyramid organizations want. If you are broken, struggling, emotionally bereft, or financially not doing well, you are of little value to a cult. They want people that will bring others in and make them money. So if you think you'll never fall victim to something like this, think again. Cults aren't always groups of people hiding from the world in makeshift structures in the woods, growing their own food and chanting all day. In fact, today they rarely are. These organizations are presented as places of self-help, business and spiritual growth. The people that are in these organizations are doctors, teachers, business people, your next-door neighbor. They look like you and me, because they are you and me. And lastly, I just want to thank uh, Nicole Engelbrecht, so kindly approached me to do this podcast interview. Nicole, I just want to commend you and thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you are doing and uh, helping people to share their stories and to raise awareness in South Africa and the rest of the world. You really are a special human um, and I'm so grateful for what you are doing. And I know that there are thousands of people out there that really do appreciate all the work that you are doing. So from my heart to yours, thank you so much. Bernice van Eck is an amazing inspiration. Her story is painful and hard to listen to, but it is vital to hear and share. I will be sharing Bernice's contact info on our social media platforms, and if you feel like you could benefit from talking with her, I urge you to do so and start moving forward toward your own freedom. Try to catch me howling at the moon. I Lived Through This tells the stories of ordinary South Africans who've survived unimaginable situations. If you'd like to share your story of survival, you can head over to our Facebook page and fill in the form, or you can email livedthroughthis at gmail.com. I Lived Through This releases new stories every second week. In between, you can head over to our social media platforms, we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and join in the conversation with our survivors. Thank you for listening.